Again, that's Matthew 13, verses 31 through 33 and 44 through 52. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood this? They answered, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. So the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We start a new series today, Finding Your Faith. And with today, we look at the kingdom and the faith that we have in that and why we have faith and just exactly what is the kingdom. This is one of those times where faith is incredibly important. Because if you were to ask me straight out, what is the kingdom? I don't have a good answer for you. At least not one that I can say, well, the kingdom is exactly this. And I was thinking about that, and I was trying to figure out how to explain that... We could describe it without knowing it. And I start thinking about this little cloth I have that I clean my glasses with. And it is very clearly red. I thought to myself, all right, describe the color red without describing anything that is red. I tried, tried thinking of words that might say red. I thought, well, it's, it's warm. But there's a lot of colors that are warm. I said, well, it's, it's, it's a vibrant color, but most colors are vibrant. I said, well, it's, it's, it's red. And I suddenly realized I didn't have the right words to describe the color red. Unless I started to say, well... The color red is, is like coals that have been sitting under a fire and they've grown hot. Or red is like a ripe tomato. It's that bright color that you see when you know it's good to eat. But none of that really says what red is. 
But each one of us can imagine red when we hear all of those things. That's what the parables are for. Sometimes we think that there's parables and that they should lead to one distinct meaning because it's just a puzzle we have to unlock and once we have it, we should write it down because we've got the entire answer we need. Not quite. This is one of the reasons that faith is so important when we begin discussing things that are of God. The kingdom of God is described in parables because we have to describe it in terms that we could understand. If you've ever seen something brand new to you, and then you turn and try to describe it to somebody that's never seen it, usually we compare it to something that might not be quite right, but at least gives a better idea than not knowing at all. I don't think I will know what the kingdom actually is and is like in until I'm there. But until then, I see the earth with my two human eyes. I hear with my human ears. I speak with a human tongue. And I think with a human mind. So it means that I'm going to be processing the kingdom through a lot of human filters. But I have faith. I have faith that even if I can't grasp it fully, That it's there. Even if I may not be able to understand every aspect of it, it gives me hope. I put my faith and my trust in God that God has good in store for me and that the kingdom is there and it's real and it's for us. Now the other thing I have faith in is that I have faith that the word will tell me what I need to know. And it'll tell me what will help me figure out what I need to know about the kingdom. But I also have faith that this is God's word for me today. I might see something differently than you do. I might say something that you've never thought about. Does that mean that what you have thought about the kingdom is wrong and I'm right? No. If the word were dead, and it were nothing but ink on paper, then we would find one true meaning. We would write it down and we'd be done. I could stand up here and I could say, this is what it means, have a good day, and we'd be finished. But the word's alive. The word is there and it is living and it is vibrant and it has a message today. Now next week, you might ask me if I still think that that's all there is that I tell you today. And I'd say no. Because I may have talked to one of you. And you have said, well, you know what? My life has taught me. I always heard that, and this is what it said to me. And I may say, well, you know what? I've never had that before. I've never thought about it that way. And my understanding of the word grows when I experience it with God's people. It doesn't mean that I've been wrong this whole time. It just means now I have a better picture, a bigger picture, that will grow and grow and grow until I can see the kingdom for myself. But we are given some things to have faith in and to understand about the kingdom that gives us a little bit of a guide as to what we should be doing to get there and how to bring the kingdom here to earth.
kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Itty bitty little thing. Doesn't really stand out. Plenty of seeds are bigger, flashier, seem more important. And they produce little plants. With too much sun, they wither and die. Not enough water, they wither and die. They get overshadowed, they get overcrowded. Now with the kingdom, kingdom starts that tiny little seed, overlooked, just like the least and the last. Those who humbled themselves. But it grows into something that provides shade and it provides shelter and it provides a home. It provides sustenance and it provides all these things just from that itty-bitty seed. That little bit of faith, that little bit of humility, instead of thinking about being a big and important seed, thinking about what would we like to grow from that seed and the kingdom sprouts from the least and the last from the overlooked from those who are cast aside because their seed doesn't seem to be good enough but the seed of the righteous and the faithful no matter how small becomes something mighty and big The kingdom becomes something so much more that those who make themselves up to be something big will be brought down and those who are low will be lifted up. But then the kingdom is like a woman adding yeast to flour. Now I've baked a lot of bread in my day. I used to have to get up in the morning and go into work and bake Big, big batches of bread. I don't know if you've ever poured just yeast into flour and then tried to sort the yeast back out again. It doesn't work. When the yeast is there, it's there. The only way you can get rid of it is to toss the whole thing out. Even if you didn't know the yeast was there, that flour will rise. The leavening is there. faith is there. That when we spread that little bit of leavening through love, that when we spread God's love around, people may not be able to tell at first that it's made a difference. They may not be able to see it. They may not even know it's there. But when that bread gets baked, when God's love is experienced and it rises up in people, then they know that it's there. They can feel it, they can see it, without ever knowing that that seed was planted, without ever knowing that yeast was mixed into the flour, suddenly they know. They know that that love is real. And the kingdom is like that yeast, that love seeps in and it sneaks in, and you may not be able to tell it at first. But it's there. Waiting to rise up and be something more. Waiting to make us into something more.
But if the kingdom is like yeast, then how is it like a treasure buried in a field? I don't know about you guys, but I don't normally put my valuables in a hole in the ground out in a field. But back then, you didn't have a safe deposit box. You didn't have a bank. You didn't have a vault. If you wanted to hide something, you put it in the ground because no one would know it was there. But this doesn't tell us to go and hoard things up and not let anybody know they're there. Now what happens here is, not only does he take this treasure, it's put in the field for safekeeping to make sure that it'll always be there. Then he takes and sells everything, everything, to buy that land. Because then he'll always have access to the treasure. For us, the kingdom is like that treasure. That we can't just hide it away in a hole that doesn't belong to us. We've got to keep it safe by making it part of who we are. We have to have that faith that it will always be there for us by making sure that we are always there to accept it. That we are willing to give up all of those earthly things for that treasure that is heaven. That we're willing to give up all of those things that we worry about, all of those earthly desires for power, for money, for fame and glory. That we give it up knowing that that treasure is there. Always there when we need it. Always there as something to give us strength and hope. But then we're told the kingdom is like a pearl. Not one hidden away, but to be discovered. I think about that pearl. And he takes everything. And he doesn't just go, well, I'll get a loan from the bank. I'll borrow some money and I'll have that pearl so I can plan on selling it again. No, he takes and he sells everything so that he can have that one treasure that he's been searching for. To have that one thing that gives him joy and hope and life. The kingdom is that one thing we need. That one thing we need to live. The one thing we need to be able to love. The one thing we need to be able to overcome any any hardship, any difficulty. The one thing we need to see us through to tomorrow. That we can give up everything and set our sights on that kingdom. That we can set our sights on God's ways. And we'll be all right. I put my faith in the kingdom because I hear all of these things that the kingdom is. And I know that it's like putting my foot barely in the water on the beach. That I know what that little section is like, but I know there's an ocean out there waiting for me. And I'm still not sure what it is. But if even just putting my toe in the water has given me so much, And how much more must it be to be able to jump in and immerse myself and take in all of what God has to offer? All of the love, all of the mercy, all of the joy. 
But there's more than I could ever imagine. More than I could ever hope for. That if I can grasp even just this little bit, even that little bit would be enough. But God doesn't tell us He's going to give us just a little bit. He doesn't say, oh, I will give you just a tiny bit of love. You can have a smidgen of mercy. Now we have a love from God that endures all things. A love that is unending. A love that's there for us. That gives us light in the darkness. That gives us hope when we think there's nothing to have hope in. It gives us something to look to when all may seem lost. It lets us be something more than we ever could be on our own. It lets us be hope to others and light to others when they think all things are lost. Because we have faith. We have faith that the kingdom is there waiting for us. We have faith that even if we can't comprehend all of it, that God has given us so much good in our life already. God has so much more in store. That if I know even just this much good about the kingdom, I have faith that there's so much more. Not just for me, not just for you, but for all of God's children. Sometimes I doubt the disciples' response. After they hear all these things, they say, well, do you understand? And say, yes. All I can give is a resounding. In faith, I understand as much as I can. But I think maybe they understood that. Maybe they understood that saying yes meant that they understood the big picture that he was trying to paint. That they understood it was something more than they would ever understand until they could see it and feel it themselves. But they understood it was there. They had faith that they would get there together. And I have faith. I have faith that together... Together we can weather any storm. Together with our God, we can overcome any obstacle. And together, we will make it home to that glorious kingdom. Whatever it may be, with God, it will be good. Amen.